When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Right. Let's boat safely this summer. Very, very important and a big important and very valuable cog here in New Zealand is the Coast Guard. Uh, Saving Lives at Sea is their strap line. We are joined now by Rob McCourt. He is the Head of Operations for Coast Guard New Zealand. Welcome in, Rob. Busy time of year for you guys. Yeah, kia ora, Mark. Yeah, it sure is. Um, coming into the summer season is where we see uh, probably a third, um, sometimes up to 40% of all our call-outs for the entire year, just over these next couple of months. What's the main reasons for call-outs and are they avoidable? Yeah, look, um, it, you don't want to pin too much fault on people. I mm. uh, would much rather hear from people when you know when they need help. But um, probably about 85% of all of our activations are uh, from non what we call non-urgent tasks. So they are typically things like I've run out of gas, um, I can't restart my engine, um, I've, I've wrapped my anchor cable. You know, the sort of, um, we call it non-urgent, but that's if we can get there in time. If we'd left it long enough, it would probably become quite urgent. But yeah, most of our, most of our jobs are those sorts of things. And a lot of those are pretty preventable with some good maintenance and good housekeeping and just good preps before you head out. Yeah, because I'd imagine a lot of boats... Um maybe just go out for the for the two months of summer and then they sit in a driveway, they sit in a marina. What What's some of the key things that should be done before you head out for your first one for a while? Yeah, look, that's definitely a theme is um, people putting their boats to bed for the winter um, and then getting them back out ready for summer. And, you know, there's a few really basic tips you can do. If, you've, if you are very seasonal like that, um, which is great, that's cool, but there are things like, how long has your fuel been sitting in the tank and has it started to separate? Mm. Um, has it started to condensate and there's a bit of water, water in there which will overload your fuel filters and you'll pretty soon come a cropper? Um, have you checked the electrolyte levels in your batteries? Um, are your batteries charging properly? What's the state of your safety gear, your flares, um, your life jackets? You know, does your engine actually start and run, giving it a good run up in the front yard before you go? Those are some of the really basic things that you can do. And along with that, um, making sure that all your communications equipment works and frankly that you've given yourself a bit of a refresher too because if you're only heading out, you know, two, three, four weeks in a year, it's pretty easy to get a bit rusty in the skill set. So give yourself a little bit of a refresh while you're at it. 
Life jacket seems like an absolute no-brainer, but I go out fishing reasonably often with a mate of mine, just in a little tinny uh, down off the west coast at the bottom of the North Island, and the number of boats that venture out and there's no one wearing life jackets still amazes me. They're the seatbelts in boats, aren't they? Yeah, look, they really are. Um, that's our big push for this summer is wearing life jackets. Um, we've got over 2 million Kiwis who... Um, talk about how they recreate on watercraft. They, they do their recreation activities on watercraft. So that's a huge portion of our population. But more than half of them aren't routinely wearing life jackets. Forty-something um, percent of them talk about um, how they don't want to wear a life jacket because they just don't think about the prospect of ending up in the water or they're uncomfortable or too expensive. And it's really just not a valid excuse anymore, if, if we can be honest. You know, life, modern life jackets are comfortable, they're relatively cheap. We've got our Old for New campaign hitting 59 spots around the country over the summer period, where you can trade in your old crusty life jackets and upgrade to a good inflatable one for a really discounted price. Um, that, that's our big thing at the moment. Uh, water deaths account for, they are the most deadly recreational activity in this country. Wow. And boating activity accounts for 31% of those deaths. Of those deaths, over two-thirds weren't wearing life jackets. So it's, it's my volunteers who are pulling these bodies out of the water time and time again, not with life jackets on. For us, a life jacket, it's, it, it's not necessarily going to save you in every circumstance, but what it buys you is time. It buys you time for us to find you and to pull you out of the water, and that is priceless. I've been out fishing a couple of times with a guy who's got a boat um, out, like a Half Moon Bay or something like that, and we go out, and every single time he really takes his responsibility as skipper very seriously, and I, he's quite a jokey, jovial bloke in, in our day-to-day lives, but he's very serious. You must put your seatbelts on. He radios into the Coast Guard, says how long he'll be out, um, and I was like, I was quite impressed about how responsible he was as our skipper, and he always tests his radio and all that sort of thing. It's, it's those things that are quite key. Oh, look, absolutely, and look, I applaud. I applaud the behaviour. Um, it's really easy as well to just assume that the person whose boat it is or the, you know, the skipper of the boat knows what they're doing as well. Mm. And so um, I think there's just as much emphasis on if you're going out as a passenger or, or you're, just, you're being taken out by your mate fishing to ask the question, hey, have we logged a trip report with Coast Guard? Hey, do you want me to check the marine weather while we're heading, before we head out or on the way out? Hey, do you want me to have a look at the flares? Hey, what do we do if um, something happens? You know, be a um, uh, be evaluating passenger as well, um, because that'll hold us who are masters or, or who are skippers accountable as well, and we have to up our game. But look, the, there's some key stuff that you've just mentioned in there, Staffy, and you know, one of them is letting Coast Guard know you're heading out. Log a trip report. You can do it on the radio. You can download our app for free. You can do it on there. Um, that'll give you the marine weather as well and the tides, or you can call us on Star 500. We really want to know that you're out there because that helps us know if you need help. So Brendan, he does that. He radios through to Coast Guard, gives the name of his boat, where we're heading, how many's on board, expected time. What happens on the other side? What do you guys do with that information? Yeah, so um, for Greater, Greater Tamaki Makoto, Auckland, um, we have an operations centre at the Auckland Marine Rescue Centre um, by the Halley Port down on the waterfront there. 
and that covers um, the vast majority of the northern region, so from Waikato North, and it covers the National Watch um, when, when other radio rooms around the country sort of close down. Apart from that, we've got a second operations centre in Mount Maunganui, and we've got 13 other radio watch locations where units organically run their own radio room. Um, so when you log a trip report, it goes into a common trip reporting platform, so it doesn't matter which operator is on in any part of the country, your trip report can be seen. And so what that means is that we have a greater idea of where you are, where you are going. So if you're overdue, um, somebody reports that, hey, they were talking to you and, and something happened, or if we get a, a beacon activation, we can really quickly start to associate that with who you are, how many people you had, where you were going, what sort of supplies, whether, how, how worried we should be, and how quickly we should activate a response. So that's really the information for it. If we don't know you're out there, we, we don't know that you need help. For the hobbyists, um, with their little boats, and, their, and um, it's awesome fun out on the water, um, a few people are tripped up by the giveaway rule. Can you sort of give us a, <laughs> a, a basic giveaway rule because it's different to cars? Yeah. <laughs> Look, it is, and, and here's, the, here's the rub. It's different in different harbours because there are different bylaws. Um, and there's a lot of people who believe there's this undeniable right that sail that you have to give way to sail, and that's not necessarily always true. You basically give way to a vessel on your starboard side, on your right hand side, and you should slow down or alter course so that you avoid crossing ahead of the other vessel. Mm. That's the basic basic rule. Um, what's really worthwhile though is actually looking at the area you're going to be boating in. Auckland has some very particular bylaws about um, if there are vessels coming in and out of the harbour over a certain tonnage, you have to stay away from them, no matter whether you've got right away or not, no matter whether you've got sail or not. Um, and the same with Tauranga, the same with Littleton. So lots of different ports and some of the rivers and lakes as well have really specific rules about which side of the channel or which side of the river you should navigate. Um, and sometimes it's not quite what we expect. So there are some very general safety rules, which are you give way to your starboard side, but it's always worth just looking at where you're going and just have a quick read-up of what any specific rules and any exclusion areas, no take areas, no fishing zones, it's all worth really looking into because the last thing you want is for the harbour masters who will be on patrol over summer to be issuing you an infringement notice because you've got your fishing hooks out in the wrong spot. Mm. And I, I don't think it's illegal to have a boat without a a sea radio, but at the very least you should take a, a charged up phone with you? Yeah, we, we recommend having two forms of waterproof communication. Um, and you may think, oh, that's okay, I've got two phones. Well, they both have their same pros and cons, right? <laughs> if, I'm in a, if I'm in a cell phone dead spot, it's still a cell phone dead spot, no matter if I've got two of the things. Um, so having a marine VHF radio, even if it's a handheld, is better than not having a radio. Um, you can pick up handheld VHFs pretty cheap from um, any of the major suppliers. And then having a phone as well, um, because both of those have real um, advantages and disadvantages, and they both should complement each other well. But if you're going to take a cell phone, it doesn't matter how waterproof the manufacturer says it is, it won't be, um, because that's Murphy's Law. So put it in a waterproof bag and make sure that you've tested these things before you go out. If it's an emergency, you can grab your VHF and you use it and you call your Mayday call and somebody will answer it um, around the country, whether that's Coast Guard or whether it's the 
um, Maritime Operations Centre down in Wellington, somebody will be able to get to you. But each of those things have their pros and cons, so we recommend taking both. And again, it's a bit like the life jackets, uh, drinking and boating. Now, a lot of us are on holiday, we've got beautiful weather, we've got our sunscreen on and our hats and our sunnies, we've got the music on the boat, um, and we get a bit thirsty. Is it, is it a bit like a night out in the town on a Friday night, you've got to have a designated driver? What, what, what's your advice around booze on board? Yeah, look, uh, it's summer, right? And and we all like to sit down and have a beer while we've got a line out and fishing or, or whatever. But, you know, the master, the person who's driving, the person who's responsible should really be keeping off the tins. Yeah. That's my recommendation. Yeah. And it's there are, um, there are different bylaws, again, in different locations about the carriage and opening and consumption of alcohol for people on board vessels, so that's definitely something to check out for people. Um, you know, and we want boaties to have a good time, right? We're in this because we're boaties too. So we want people to have a good time. Um, the real downside of alcohol is the decision making, and things change so rapidly on the water with marine weather, with the circumstances. It only takes a very slip of judge, a very small slip of judgment to have a really big lasting consequence. Mm. And you just don't want that on your conscience. Um, I go out with my mates and whoever's whoever's on the throttle doesn't touch the bottle. It's as simple as that. Oh, I like that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> if you're on the throttle, don't touch the bottle. Oh, but then they'll get yeah. a can instead, won't they? they they'll get a can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, there's always a... There's always workarounds, but you get the point. <laughs> yeah, I do. Hey, Rob, um, Rob McCourt, Head of Ops with Coast Guard. You do a very, very valuable job. Coastguard.nz, they've got courses. You can go and volunteer. You can become a member. Get onto the website before you go boating this summer, folks, and you, you might learn something. I'm pretty sure we've learned something in the last 10 minutes or so. Really appreciate your time. Uh, enjoy your summer as well, Rob. Yeah, thank you, mate. And look, just a call out to all the good boaties out there who are doing the good behaviours and and keeping it real and keeping us unemployed. Thank you so much. Let's keep it going throughout summer. Top man. Enjoy your Christmas, Rob. There is Rob McCourt from Coast Guard. It's coastguard.nz. As I say, they've got courses. Um, just go and have a little look, and make sure you check your weather. Make sure you check your weather. Quick break.